You're listening to the Nature Talks podcast, a podcast about education and connecting learners of all ages with the outdoors and nature. My name is Kevin O'Shea and I'm your host. I'm an early years educator with a passion for connecting kids and adults with the outdoors. I'm a passionate naturalist who spends as much time as I can exploring nature, learning about plants, birds, and bugs, and then sharing my amazing experiences with others. In each episode of the Nature Talks podcast, we'll have conversations with people making education connections with students and nature. More than any other time in history, we need to be sparking a passion for conservation and sustainability with the young and old alike. In this podcast, we'll talk to educators, students, scientists, and citizens making a difference in the world today. Sit back and get ready to learn something new and exciting about nature education. Well, hey there, folks, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Nature Talks podcast, the environmental education podcast. My name is Kevin O'Shea, I'm a Canadian teacher who is currently living and working in Shenzhen, China. And I'm coming to you with another episode of the podcast. It's been a while, uh, but this episode, this summer version of of the podcast, the second summer version, episode nine, was a summer one too. Um, this is going to be a bit shorter than normal, uh, and I just kind of want to talk about what's coming up with this podcast and the exciting things that you can expect that are going to be happening come the new school year. You know, the reason why I put this podcast together was to share my passion with others about environmental education, connecting educators, administrators, parents, children, anyone I can with the outdoors, with the environment, with wildlife, and to have a better understanding that more than any other time in the past, we need to be taking action in order to repair a lot of the harm that's been done. And as individuals, we can all do our part. Um, Even if it's small, we can do our part. And part of what I want to do in order to take action is have this podcast and share the incredible insight and experiences of people from around the world who are doing incredible things with regards to education and the environment. And that's why I've decided over the course of this summer um, to really push hard to make this podcast bigger and better than ever starting. Um, and what I've decided to do is something I haven't done before with podcasts, and that is to create seasons. So this episode, uh, number 10, will kind of end season one, and season two will start in the new school year for me, which will be August next month. And I've already been working extremely hard behind the scenes to set up, to line up, to do the production work, to get guests, really great guests from around the world who are doing those inspirational things. And I've already started interviewing people. And within the next couple of weeks, I've got quite a few more interviews uh, scheduled, arranged. And when episode number 11 comes out, we're going to hit the ground running and we'll have a whole bunch of great content ready to go to share with you over the upcoming weeks and months. Yeah. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about a few things, a bit of housekeeping stuff, about some changes moving forward. But again, this is part of me taking action uh, as an environmental educator is to share these people. They're, again, they're inspirational stories with you and in hopes of inspiring you who are listening. So um, 
as the summer progresses, we are here in China, my family and I, and we were not able to leave to go home this summer because of the restrictions and um, here in China, the COVID restrictions, but also the fact that there are very few flights coming and going from mainland China, which meant that we essentially couldn't afford to fly. We normally would, but we just couldn't this year. So here we are. We've had a lot of time to sit and think over the summer to have family time. Uh, myself, I had surgery. I had a, an injury that's been plaguing me for many, many years. And since we were here and we had the time, I decided to have surgery done to repair that injury and get the, the convalescing, the healing done before the school year starts. And I'm really glad I made that decision because um, I think after going through the experience of, of having surgery, um, it would have been a much more challenging recovery if I was expected to go to work each day and deal with my students and also, you know, um, you know, just make sure that I heal correctly. So I'm really glad that I'll be, you know, heading back to school in August and I'll be pretty much all healed up, which is great. But during that time, that recovery process, I had a lot of time to think and kind of really reflect upon this podcast and where I wanted to go with it. And I had a lot of time. A lot of time just laying on bed with my laptop because I couldn't move much and then just kind of slowly moving around the house for a few weeks. And what I did is I spent a lot of time on Twitter. And if you are not on Twitter as an educator, you definitely should be a great way to build your professional learning network. And I reached out to people, people who I know and then a lot of people who I don't know. And what was really cool is that those people who I don't know were often very um, polite, very kind, and very eager to come on this podcast. So that's very exciting. Um, now, what I also did, and I'm going to share a little bit more about this later, is I created a new Facebook page for the podcast. So there is now a Nature Talks Podcast Facebook page, and there will be a link in the show notes with all the information to this. And uh, before I'd created a group and had almost 100 members in the group. And the group is great, but the thing is, is that people, it's harder for people to find a group. It's pros and cons. With a Facebook group, you've got more potential interaction within the group, but also the con, it's harder for people to find it. So we do want more people to find it because you want to increase the reach of the podcast and the message. So the Nature Talks podcast, the Environmental Education Podcast Facebook page is out there with a lot of information about back episodes and other articles that are pertinent to environmental education. So please go over there, uh, click on the link and find the Nature Talks podcast um, Facebook page and give it a like, give it a follow and join the conversation. Now, what I wanted to talk about in this episode was something I've been aware of, but I, I suppose I didn't know the term. Until recently, in this past June, I was um, taking um, another environmental education course from Queen's University, and I've been doing that through distance education. I'm uh, on the road to becoming an environmental education specialist. Um, I've been studying through Queen's University for um, part of this past school year and really enjoying the courses that they have, the further professional development courses they have for Ontario educators and uh, really taking advantage of that. I'm actually going to be starting a new course in a couple of weeks, another environmental education course. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to see where this takes us in the future. But a term that we that I came up with, uh, I didn't come up with, I should say, I encountered in one of the modules I was studying was the term eco-anxiety. Now, eco-anxiety is something I've been aware of people 
coping with, dealing with, but I didn't know the term. So for those of you out there, today I'm going to do something a little bit different. Now, if you if you Google search eco-anxiety, there's a lot of information about there about it, what it is. But what I'm going to do is I found a, an article in The Guardian, the British newspaper The Guardian, which I thought really kind of summed things up well. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this article to you, and then I'm going to have a quick chat with my 12-year-old son, my newly minted 12-year-old son, because he came to me just literally a couple of days after I finished my module on equal anxiety, eco-anxiety at Queen's University, and he came to me expressing that he was feeling eco-anxiety, and it was really bothering him, and we had some really great conversations about that. So I'm going to bring him on to uh, have a little chat. So back to that article from the Guardian newspaper from October 6, 2021. Um, And the headline goes, Eco-anxiety, fear of environmental doom weighs on young people. Although not a diagnosable condition, experts say climate anxiety is on the rise worldwide. Then we get into the article itself. The climate crisis is taking a growing toll on the mental health of children and young people, experts have warned. Increasing levels of eco-anxiety, the chronic fear of environmental doom, were likely to be underestimated and damaging in many, to many in the long term, public health experts said. Writing in the British Medical Journal, Mala Rao and Richard Powell of Imperial College London's Department of Primary Care and Public Health said eco-anxiety risks exacerbating health and social inequalities between those more or less vulnerable to these psychological impacts. Although not yet considered a diagnosable condition, recognition of eco-anxiety and its complex psychological effects was increasing, they said, as was the disproportionate impact on children and young people. In their article, they pointed to a 2020 survey of child psychiatrists in England, showing that more than half, 57%, are seeing children and young people distressed about the climate crisis and the state of the environment. A recent international survey of climate anxiety in young people aged 16 to 25 showed that the psychological burdens of the climate crisis were profoundly affecting huge numbers of these young people around the world, they added. Rao and Powell called on global leaders to recognize the challenges ahead the need to act now, and the commitment necessary to create a path to a happier and healthier future, leaving no one behind. Research offered insights into how young people's emotions were linked with their feelings of betrayal and abandonment by governments and adults, they said. Governments were seen as failing to respond adequately, leaving young people with no future and humanity doomed. Their warnings come a week after Greta Thunberg um, excoriated global leaders dismissing their promises to address the climate emergency as blah, blah, blah. So again, this is back in 2021. In April, she quoted Boris Johnson, who derisively used the phrase bunny hugging to describe climate activism. Thunberg said, this is not some expensive political correct green act of bunny hugging. So, Rao and Powell said that it was important to consider what could be done to alleviate the rising levels of climate anxiety. The best chance of increasing optimism and hope in eco-anxious young and old is to ensure that they have access to the best and most reliable information on climate mitigation and adaptation, they said. Especially important is information on how they can connect more strongly with nature, contribute to greener choices at an individual level, and join forces with like-minded communities and groups. 
So, um, you know, I'll put a link to this article in the show notes, of course, and there's a lot of articles like this, but uh, there you go. So eco-anxiety and a lot of young people are feeling this. My own child has, one of my own children has stated that he is, and I really like the ideas of teaching people, not just children, because adults obviously suffer from eco-anxiety as well, that on their own small level, they, they can connect with nature, they can connect with the natural world, and they can make choices that can make things better. And that's kind of what I spoke to my son about. So let's bring him on and have a little chat about his feelings on this. Okay, so I'm sitting here right now with my 12-year-old son, and um, we just had a little chat, a, re- a refresher that he came and talked to me um, about eco-anxiety. Um, earlier on in the summer. Do you remember that? Yeah. So ego anxiety is kind of, well, can you tell me, what did you, what did you, what did you come to me and and tell me about? How were you feeling at that time? Mm, Do you remember? Really not good because I've heard people saying like, if we don't do anything about like this, like making the world better, the world's going to end kind of, uh, how should I say, stories that say like the world's going to end. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you've been hearing stories. Now, where have you been hearing these things? Um, news, um, radio, mm-hmm. um, then. How about school? Do you hear these things in school, yes, too? Yes, I hear it in school, too. Okay, so you've been hearing all these things, how the world's going to end. And I guess it's kind of no matter, like, what. We hear on TV about the heat waves. We hear about, far, like, you know, wildfires and all these different things. Um, do you remember what we talked about, about what are some things that we could do to kind of make ourselves feel better? Um, we can do things around our house that can be better for the environment. That's right. So we talked about small things, right? Because yeah, small we, we are we are individuals, but we can do small things that can help the world. So when I talk to you about those small things that we can do, how did that make you feel? Um, uh, way better. Mm-hmm. It f- made me feel better that I, we can do something about it. Yeah, so we talked about simple things even as like turning off lights in rooms we're not using them, turning off air conditioners when we're not using them. Um, but also an important thing is connecting with nature, getting outdoors more, learning more about the outdoors and sharing that with people. Yeah. Do you remember anything else we talked about? Mm, we can read books about how we can, like, help. So we can educate ourselves, right? Yeah, educate ourselves. And when, when we learn more, when we educate ourselves, what then can we do with that knowledge? We can educate other people. Exactly. We can educate other people, our classmates, our friends, our teachers. There's a lot of teachers. Teachers are smart people and they know a lot of things, but they don't know all things. And there are some teachers that we need to help too, um, to open their eyes and minds to the issues as well. Um, and that's something, even we talked about how we've got bees at school and then in the new school year, I want you to get a little bit more involved with the beekeeping, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is cool, because Kai's not always been the biggest fan of insects. Uh, those out there will know who know me know that I'm a big entomology nerd, and I love bugs, but that's not always been Kai's forte. Um, but the, the cool thing is, is that he's not afraid around the bees, especially when you're wearing your protective equipment, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, when you're wearing the protective equipment around bees and beekeeping, that they're not going to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, Kai, thank you so much for talking to me. Alrighty, so there we go. A little chat with my son Kai about eco-anxiety. And, and that's the key thing right there. Um, teaching children who you may be encountering that they can do things. That things like gardening, that growing their own food, showing them how to grow tomatoes, how to grow cucumbers, how to grow lettuce. 
These are important things that will reduce their impact on the world and, and help in, in a big way. Um, you know, teaching, like one of the episodes I talked about connecting children through birds, teaching children about birds and bugs. If you don't know about those things, teaching children how to save electricity and why it's important, all of these small things and teaching children that these small things have an impact, a positive impact on the world and they help reduce emissions and they help reduce stress on the electrical grid. Um, teaching children how to live more sustainably in small ways um, can definitely make them feel better. It can make you feel better too. But you know what? In future episodes of this podcast, I'm going to have other people come on who know a lot more about this stuff than I do. And they're going to share their thoughts, their ideas with you as well. So that's really about it for episode number 10. It's a short one. And I just kind of wanted to wrap up um, the first 10 episodes of the Nature Talks podcast into a nice little tidy package. And we're going to come back in a very big and exciting way um, very soon. I'm pretty excited. Um, we're going to be having and our first episode of the new season coming to will be uh, featuring an incredible educator named Kenny Peavy who um, works at Green School Bali. And a lot of people out there who um, are into sustainable education who are looking at kind of forward thinking and innovative types of sustainable education in schools around the world will know Green School Bali because that kind of sets the bar for the way things could be done sustainably. And a lot of people from over the world, all around the world, pre-COVID, would travel to Bali and Indonesia to learn how things are done at Green School and what they do differently than other schools. So I'm going to be talking to Kenny, who is a a curriculum uh, coordinator, outdoor education and outdoor camp leader there, teacher, does a lot of cool things. We had a fantastic conversation about his incredible background, um, raising awareness for environmental things. I mean, the the guy's ridden across part of Asia on a bamboo bicycle. Um, he's done incredible things. He's also an author. So he's going to be kicking off the new season and, uh, that's going to be coming to you guys very soon. And there's a lot of other really exciting guests and episodes lined up as well. So I think the big thing is of course, to follow me on Twitter at mad for maple. I'm very active on Twitter, posting a lot of things about this topic and other topics. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Shizen Wildlife. Come and follow me. That's kind of the Nature Talks podcast Instagram feed. Shizen Wildlife. Lots of little video snippets about nature things. Um, for whatever reason, because I'm here in China, I can't access Instagram Reels, sadly, even using VPNs. Um, I'd hope to make a bunch of cool kind of eco-environmental Reels, but I can't use Reels here. Um, maybe in, in the future when I'm not in China. Um, now also another big thing is I've created the nature talks podcast Facebook page. So the link is below in the show notes. That's the first link you're going to find. Click on it. Come on over, like, and follow. If you're in, if you're in the group, um, I'm going to share more information in the group about migrating over to the Facebook page. That would be ideal because that's where I'm going to be active. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys, for episode number 10 of the Nature Talks podcast, the environmental education podcast. My name is Kevin O'Shea. I am your host. I am a primary educator, environmental educator based in Shenzhen, China. And I'm really excited for all of you to be on board and listening to this podcast. And you can help us grow. You can help take action by taking action of your own. How can you do that? Well, you can tell other educators about the Nature Talks podcast. Tell your school administrators. If you use Twitter, retweet my tweets about it. Share my tweets about it. If you're on Facebook, when I post information on the Facebook page, please share. 
share to any environmental education groups you may be in or just education groups in general. Let's help this podcast grow. There's a lot of fantastic education podcasts out there, but there's not as many environmental education podcasts as I think there really should be. So help us grow and uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming your way. So that's it for this episode. I hope you guys are having a fantastic summer wherever you are in the world. Hope it's not too hot where you are. It certainly is here. So I'm going to have a cold beverage and I'm going to, um, yeah, get outside, spend some time in nature. All right, folks, take care. Hope you're happy and I hope you're healthy.